Glad you could join us for episode 125 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our discussion of Joss Whedon's space western Firefly starring Nathan Fillion and Marina Baccarin. We'll be examining episode 13, Heart of Gold, in just a few moments. But before we get there, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can record a voicemail via the send voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And we encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. All right, dude. So you, you just mentioned just as we went on the air that you were rewatching Dr. Who in, in anticipation of this Saturday's yep. series nine premiere. Well, and- Sunday for me, cause I got to wait till the next day to watch on Amazon. Oh, right, right, right. But uh, so it didn't hold the same, you know. Yeah, high... I, I don't know. I was I was a little sleepy last night. And so it seemed like my I, my attention wasn't being held as much as I remembered it the first time around. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think it's probably on me because the first time around, I remember I, I thought they were all awesome. Still, maybe not as good as the Matt Smith ones. Yeah, well, this looks like this is the last season of Jenna Coleman as companion, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that's being written. Yeah, uh, yeah but know. really, you know, I mean, they said that before, right? Uh they did. But yeah, again, you know, she's been what? Like this will be the third year third, or fourth? I think third, yeah. And that seems to be, you know, probably the upper end. Well, two and a half, comp- right? Because she came on in the the second half of that last Matt Smith season, right? Oh yeah, right, right, right. So, but either way, I'll be uh, watching Saturday. You'll be watching Sunday. And for me, uh, you know, last year I tried to get caught up on my Marvel Cinematic Universe and I, you know, got into the Avengers, uh, the three Iron Man. And and what I've been doing lately is working my way through the X-Men. And, and, you know, I started at the beginning. I'm going in order X-Men, X2. Love them, love Uh, them. Yeah. Well, I'm about halfway through first class right now. Oh, yeah, it's, they're all, I mean, they're all great. Yeah. And, well, not all of them. Well, so far. Yeah. I mean, I liked Last Stand. Really? And, and Yeah. And Origins Wolverine. I mean, I liked it. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Not as good as the others, but uh, Last Stand is, I think that's just a straight up pretty bad movie. You know? Okay, well. Know. There's still some cool parts to it, I'll admit, but. Well, I may even be watching Days of Future Past <sighs> within a year of its release. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that movie's amazingly good or yeah, amazing for you bad. that's amazing no it's yeah. amazing for you that's that's good that's good i, I thought you you were gonna get wait for a decade before you start getting into <laughs> i hear you <laughs> all right well uh speaking of a decade now this has that's a terrible transition because it, it has is. nothing to do but uh okay so we're, we're getting ready for the fall season i mean it, it's underway uh, obviously lost girl and continuum and have come back 10 years Canada. ago they were probably starting a fall season too yeah, well, Minority Report, a, a film that I was not all that fond of, debuts on Fox can't on watch Monday, it. September 21st. What's that? You can't watch it. No? Can't watch it. Okay. Because they got the, the little kids named Sean. Oh, okay. Who, who, who was taken and killed. And so- Ah, uh, okay, um, gotcha. You know, like, I, I just remember sitting through Minority Report saying if they had named that little kid anything else, because, like, when it came out, my son Sean was a, a child, a young child, you know, and I just- I, 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 I can't go back to it. 
I'm yeah. just, I can't do it. Say no more. Yeah. Well, Once Upon a Time comes back for season four on Sunday, September 27th. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is <laughs> back on Tuesday, the 29th of September. And then, you know, we've certainly mentioned Con Man, the Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk web-based series. And that looks like it's got a September 30th release, which we've mentioned before. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, October 1st. The Leftovers, which... I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That's uh, October fourth on HBO. Yeah, it starts uh, like it's like in Texas or something now, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. From what I've seen of the uh, the previews. Yep. Uh, Flash and I Zombie yes, are yes. back on the CW October sixth. Followed the next evening by Arrow and have you, some sort of called Supernatural. Uh, hopefully, it'll do well and maybe be around for season two. Really? Who's in there? What's the, what's the premise of that show? Uh, who knows? Uh, American Horror Story Hotel, October 7th on FX, and then the 8th brings back Haven, the originals, and the Vampire Diaries. I, so, if I, uh, I, I can never remember with American Horror Story if I have to like go and reset my DVR again for it, you know? Oh, good point. I have no idea. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we get into Firefly, episode 13, Heart of Gold, Written by Brett Matthews, who was... Uh, I've been to Hollywood, I've been to Redwood, I've crossed the ocean for a heart of gold. Yeah, little Neil Young? Yeah, you were a little late, man. I was already on Brett Matthews. The I know, but like uh, you said it, and then like the brain took a while to kick in. Before okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so the, the writer, Brett Matthews, was Joss Whedon's assistant on Buffy, Angel, and Firefly, and he's currently working on The Vampire Diaries. He received a Hugo Award nomination for Heart of Gold. He co-wrote the Serenity comic book prequel miniseries, Those Left Behind in Better Days with Joss Whedon. And this one was directed by Thomas J. Wright, and it aired on August 4th, 2003. So, uh, well, look, obviously the title, the whole idea, Heart of Gold, uh, you know, the prostitute with the heart of gold, obviously that's the name of the uh, House of Prostitution, right? I thought it was referring to the ship in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, nice. Well played. <laughs> um, all right, well, you know, I'll... I'll toss this softball to you uh melinda clark who played nandy i know you know her from the 1993 version of young goodman brown that actually i was just thinking that i, I can't get enough of that man I, I that's like that my guilty pleasure i watch it like once a week yeah uh she was a series regular on the oc seasons uh three through seven four episodes of vampire diaries in 2012 uh, 2010 series regular on nikita from 2010 to 2013 and she's had a recurring role on csi so she's definitely working yeah yeah, she looked like you see her and i'm like man i've seen her before and i looked at her imdb page i'm like i really haven't seen any of these things (laughs) you know so uh which is a very familiar face though yeah now the other actor that was certainly recognizable was frederick lean i believe you say his last name actually i have no idea how you say it (laughs) uh who played rance burgess and we certainly know him as Marshal Edward Mars in Lost. Remember, he was the guy that was escorting Kate back from Australia. Right, right. Well, and, and also he was in American Horror Story Asylum. Oh, okay. And I, I, he's a Zazel in Supernatural. I was going to say, yeah, I knew. I noticed he was in that. But yeah. uh, in Lost, listeners might remember that you know when the plane was going down, he ended up getting hit in the head by that metal case. Hmm. And uh, she, like any good fugitive immediately went for the keys to free herself from the handcuffs. Right. But uh, anyway, so it was cool seeing him for sure. But 
we open and and this is a great uh, look. I know we say this every week, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's I true mean, this, every week though, so it's okay. Well, and this is one that really again I'm laughing out loud, and the next thing I know, I'm like looking for a Kleenex because I'm welling up. And oh, yeah, I know. All right, so opening <laughs> scene, we're on this desert-like planet. Yeah, and uh, he's got like a hover car, like Luke Skywalker's man. That was awesome. awesome. That yeah. was awesome. And did you see like shag carpeting in the back of that? I did not. I, I saw that. I'm like, what a tool, man. This guy has shag carpet in the back of his little hover car, man. What a DB, man. All right. Well, uh, so anyway, like you said, and this has been just, we've seen this image so many times, you know, the contrast of, of technology and the Wild West imagery. So uh, it was really cool this time. But Oh, yeah, you know all- what else? But like, so you're probably not watching it on Netflix, but Netflix still has the previously on Firefly bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And the one before this was massive. I mean, it like went back over everything that I think that's happened in the whole show. And that was like, that was pretty extensive previously on Firefly for a show that I'm pretty sure never even got aired, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, not originally on, on Fox, right. no. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, they arrived just at this do, building. Previously on Firefly, uh, go watch the disc you just took out. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, anyway, they arrive at this building that at first appeared to be under construction, even though there were clearly people living in it, but turns out to be a house of prostitution. The man in the hovercraft thinks one of the girls is carrying his baby, wants a DNA sample and vows to return if it turns out to be his. And I think we all know where this is headed at this point. Yeah, we know that that guy is a big time asshole is what we know. Right. I mean, and the madam... You know, she's prepared to stand up to him. Sure. You know, one, right. One of the girls bemoans, who will help us? And then, of course, it cuts to Malcolm Reynolds cleaning his gun. Right. Um, you know, it's just so funny because the, the actor, again, yeah, the, the last name's problematic. So I'm just going to say the guy playing Rant, like, basically nails it, man. Like, he really, from word one, makes him like the most hateful character. Like probably I, I'm going out there to say one of the most hateful characters I've ever come across in the television show. Yeah. You know, and that's saying something. So, you know, well, he, and, I, and, and I think it's a combination of his acting and, and of course the script, because it, it, in a sense he was the same in lost because we hated him. And what was he guilty of? He was guilty of bringing a, an accused murderer back for trial. Right. But he wasn't and, nice about it though. Well, he wasn't, but she's then again, hot, so you should be nice to her. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that she'd escaped a couple of times, I guess, um, yeah. may have entered into it. Yeah, I, um, got it, I guess. All right, now I- I'm going to say this, and hopefully uh, you'll let me get this whole phrase out, but okay. you probably won't. So, Inara startles Mal, who's cleaning his gun in the dining area, <laughs> and after a moment of banter, <laughs> Wash comes in to relay that they've received a distress call for help. Mal's surprised when it turns to be turns out to be directed to Inara and not him, yeah. and she takes the call in her shuttle. Right after he says, "This distress wouldn't be hack- taking place in someone's pants, would it?" Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, classic. Exactly. That's a great line. <laughs> it was all right. So she takes the video call with the madam, tells her that this crew can handle it, though how well is undetermined. Well, they have guns and brains, the madam you know, says. Um, well, they've got says, guns. They've gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my. Now, we, we learned pretty quickly that Inara knows Nandy, who apparently uh, is to be shunned by companions for leaving the house. And, and, you know, we get a little bit more detail as the episode goes on. 
Yeah, um, a little bit of insight into basically Inara's life before and everything, but still just a little, kind of little bits and pieces. Yeah, and you know, after they conclude the call, Inara says, "Well, I, su- I suppose you heard all that." <laughs> Poking his head around the corner, Mal replies, "Well, only because I was eavesdropping." <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, she explains that they're not companions, and she refers to them as whores. Yeah, that was that was hardcore. That was, yeah, surprising. Yeah, very uh, surprising. Um, and you know, especially in light of the fact that Nandy was a companion, we assume the other girls were not, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. just uh, just Nandy. But you know, from I guess our vis-a-vis Mal's perspective. Um, any woman who you know sells her body for sex is you know goes to a certain category and um, Inara says well no there's degrees right there's companions which is what I am and whores which is everybody else and she makes that distinction but Mal doesn't really so much right and I guess what draws him at first is of course you know how are they fixed for payment but they are independent contractors trying to avoid government interference. And after all, isn't that what Malcolm Reynolds is all about? Absolutely. That's you a know, big theme that runs throughout the whole episode, right? This right. idea of being free and outside the control of the man, literally the man for Nandy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Anara tells Mal that she's put aside a little, and then he tells her that no payments necessary, but then she points out it's important that we keep our relationship business so that he will be paid. And, you know, we're, we're getting near the end of this run, so. Yeah. Well, you know, Mal looks hurt when she says that, you know. Like, he, like, he, like that really upset him, I think. Well, I don't think she knows what to make of it, you know, because the first thing that comes out of his mouth is how are they fixed for payment. And then when she mentions that she's got some money and is going to pay, well, now he doesn't want the money. Uh, it's this whole very, you know, complex relationship between these two. Well, anyway, the crew of Serenity, you know, goes to that uh, that I guess it's an outer moon. I can't remember if it was a, a planet or an outer moon. It was a or moon. Whatever. I'm pretty okay. sure. Uh, and Mal, Nandy, and Anara leave to come up with a plane, and of course, Jane immediately goes to get sexed. Yeah, well, that's so funny because like when they first bring it up, Jane says, "Don't know these folks. Don't much care to." And then someone says, "They're whores." He's like, "I'm in." Yeah, right now and then what about kaylee's reaction when she gets there oh yeah but oh they have boys too yeah and you know it, it's kind of sad that she feels that kind of pull since nobody else seems to pay any attention to her and, and obviously simon's reactions to her have, have been well documented here right but. well also how the game she's playing with simon as well too i mean she's not without fault as far as that goes really well, true. Um, but yeah, it, it does. We feel bad for her. And she even goes up to Wash and you know, says how she doesn't feel pretty. And you know, he says, if I were unmarried, I'd take you in a manly fashion. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I, you, do, you absolutely feel bad for Kaylee here because uh, you know, she sees these guys, um, well, not Simon, but you know, like certainly Jane going off and running off with one of the girls and everything. And you know, she just feels kind of, I was thinking Gerald, she just feels a little under underappreciated and, you know, like everyone else has someone, but, you know, except for her and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. And, and that's understandable. And, you know, what's cool here is, you know, the whole crew kicks into high gear, <laughs> even Jane, I suppose. But, you know, Simon takes Petaline to be examined. 
uh, just after two of the girls ask Book if he'll hold a service. And it's not clear exactly why he seems initially reluctant. I, I, I guess he thinks they mean something else, right? Well, and also he... I, I think it has a rather unchristian kind of snobbish attitude. Not maybe not snobbish, but a little bit repellent attitude towards them because of their profession, right? Well, right, but he had the same kind of attitude when he first met Inara, and, and that seemed to dissipate pretty quickly sure. when, when you know, maybe when she brought him. I'm sorry, when he brought her that food. Right. Um, it's one of those two things. Yeah. Now, Nandy lays out the problem that Rance keeps everyone down so he can have the best toys. And if that hovercraft is any indication, he's definitely got the best toys. Yeah, the, the shag carpet, man. It's just like, I can't get over that. Elvis. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, exactly. See, that's what like Graceland was. Like Rance is kind of like, well, I don't want to compare him to Elvis. That wouldn't be fair to Elvis, but I was, was going to say because Elvis had shag carpet on the roof. Yes, yeah, because like, what if you take a guy or on the ceiling? Rather, this is like the best. Like when I went to Graceland, I was just like looking at, it, I was just totally blown away. I'm like, this is what happens when you take a kid out of like Mississippi and you give him like just buttloads of money, you get Graceland. Yeah, you know, and like so, Rance is kind of like the same thing. He's like definitely an unrefined guy. And uh, and and he so he's like really pl- proud of his toys and stuff like that. Look at my hovercraft. Look at my cool gun. You know, um, so far like when you know when Mal meets him the first time and says that she's a thing of beauty, he pulls out the gun. He's like, oh yeah, starts talking about his gun. And like Mal at the end shames him when he says, well, of course I was talking about your wife. You know. Yeah. So yep. Mal has like you know it's that thing that that pisses Badger off, right? That Mal has like that kind of that class and that savoir faire. Right. And it's kind of ironic because, you know, Mal is just you know, so down to earth, just so unaffected. Right. But yet he has that that kind of aura about him that people think he's looking down at him, you know? Yep. Now, now of course, the scene you're talking about is when Mal says to Anara that he wants to meet the man he's going to be fighting. She tell you know, Nandy says that, well, he'll likely be at the theater and then Mal asks Inara if she'll accompany him. And look, even Nandy can tell at this point that the two of them like each other. Yep. Well, and plus, as a companion, she's kind of hip to that kind of stuff anyway, you know? Sure. So, all right. So Mal goes to the theater, uh, meets Burgess, who is with his wife, as you mentioned, who's showing off his illegal laser pistol, uh, and then makes some kind of comment about bending the law and morality when it comes to protecting his family. And, and of course, Mao instantly agrees to that. And, and that's what this is all about. And, and, you know, it's funny not to go off on a tangent because we never do that. Never, ever. So uh, uh, don't do it now, man. Right, right. But it's not totally off. So you know, my wife and I were pretty much, there was nothing on uh, two nights ago. And I finally said, you know what? I think you're ready for Firefly. So, you know, pop up serenity part one okay and you know you want to warn somebody that okay you know the the war scene it's only going to be about 10 minutes it's you know it's not going to be all like that and and you know she got through that and i you know pointed out you know when he kisses his cross and you know puts it back under his jacket you know because that's going to become important later so you know we get through the you know the whole episode and of course you know part one they're running it on ovation i don't know if i told you that or not yeah you did not yeah, not that it matters, but right. uh, so we get to the part where 
Kaylee's been shot. She's going to be okay. It looks like, you know, Mal goes and not before they play that awesome prank on Simon though. Well, right. But you know, Mal goes, opens up the crate and sees river in there naked and unconscious or in stasis. Huh? And, and then it ends and, and, you know, I was like, well, you know, I guess we better go to bed. And she's like, no, wait, come on. Can't we watch more? it's just so captivating and you know she got into and where this story started was she's like okay so these are bad guys that are actually good i'm like yeah that's it in a nutshell yep. yeah yep yeah it's just that's that's kind of the the beauty of of firefly altogether i mean i just since we've already totally on a tangent now might as well keep it going you know, when I first saw Firefly, my brother-in-law actually gave me the DVD set and said, this is the best TV show ever, you know? And I, I looked at it, it's got like kind of like a brownish exterior and people with like, look like they got Western guns. I'm like, I don't know, you know? And so I didn't watch it for like the longest time because I was just like, it didn't, I didn't think it would appeal to me. And then just one day I'm like, ah, what the hell? Sam said it was good. I'll watch it. And then of course I was, you know, blown away right from the first. So, yeah. So, all right. So, so back to that comment about bending the law and the morality and protecting his family. Of course, Mal agrees with it, but to her surprise, he tells Inara the plan is to get off the planet as fast as they can. Rance gets a call, tells his wife the DNA matches and the child is his. Now, I'm not sure why he thought his wife would think that's good, but I guess he's got her bullied as well. Exactly. He, he, yeah, every, and you heard his you know, completely crazy misogynistic rant that he has there that he believes that all women are, you know, subservient to men. So, you know, his wife, I guess, is buying the, drinking the Kool-Aid, buying the party line, whatever. Right. But at first, you know, it's kind of surprising to see Mal and the crew backing down from a fight. And then we're we're thinking like, okay, so maybe he doesn't like the odds, but what's he going to do leave everybody behind and of course that's not it his plan is to take everyone including whatever they can fit on serenity and run because he feels the odds of putting burgess off are, are pretty low right you know they're outgunned and and that's the wise thing to do but you understand like nandy gives that brief but impassioned speech about building this place up from nothing which is true and you understand that she doesn't want to just walk away from it and, and feel like she was, you know, pushed out of it. Sure. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, as is always the case when this, uh, the woman wins the argument. Right. And once she even says, this is not the first time I've had to fight men to keep what's mine. And, you know, this is just what she's all about. And then when she tells Mal that she suspects he'd do the same in her position, lady, you're my kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, you which know, she is because Mal's all about the the hopeless cause, right? Right. Uh, you know that's the thing about Firefly. I mean, it's just like almost every line. Ah, oh, that would be great on a t shirt. And there <laughs> yeah, are that would of, be a good. You're my kind of stupid. That that would be a great line for a t shirt. Yeah, we could give. We could offer them as prizes to our students. <laughs> or maybe that would not. totally motivate them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, suddenly Serenity's crew kicks into high gear. Jane and Zoe are throwing out suggestions. Book mentions that he can fortify the building. Mal thinks Burgess is going to try to burn him out. So he asks Kaylee to see what she can do to improve the water flow from the well. And then River calls out, coming. 
And I guess she means the baby at that point. Yeah, she says, yeah, it's starting. So, and then, yeah, pedaling goes into labor. So, you know, let's just like River, as always, is kind of able to, you know, know something's going to happen before it happens. Right. And just the contrast again uh, of them furiously trying to fortify this house, which is, I mean, it's not a fortress by any stretch. Meanwhile, in the next room, you know, this woman's about to give birth to this baby and it's it's like uh, obviously you know life is counterpointed against death and and you know that's that's part of what uh, made this this episode so emotional sure absolutely yep all right well two of the girls approach book about what they'd like him to say over their body should they die and and again it goes back to when he first got there and they wanted him to you know have some sort of a religious service and that you know that that they really are I guess, concerned about their souls and that, you know, they do this to make a living, I suppose. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, can, yeah, I mean, I know like there's moral aspect of that, but yeah, you know, there's no reason why someone who makes a living as a prostitute can't be a spiritual person and be a religious person even, um, you know, it's awfully judgmental and, uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to judge. Well, right. right. And, well, and because and I don't think we, book should. Well, and, and I don't think he does. I, you he know, does a little I think, bit. Well, he does a little bit, but I think he he's starting to realize that if we're going to judge, we got to judge everybody. I mean, we got to judge Malcolm Reynolds, Zoe, sure. you know, all of them because they're all criminals. And book yeah. has, you know, fallen in with them. And and of course, we, like we've said many times, you know, there's something about his past that we haven't found out yet, but. Uh, I'm guessing there's a little darkness there as well. Just a couple episodes. He was shoot people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he assuages their fears, tells them no one's going to die today. And then I'm not sure who says it. Somebody says someone's going to die today. Probably Jane. That sounds like something he would say, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, Well, Jane's clearly taken a shine to one of the girls, explains to her that the key to surviving a battle is to keep your wits about you. And I love it. Again, one of my favorite scenes, he's got all his guns laid out, tells her to keep them coming as each one runs out of ammo. And that's about as much sense as Jane ever makes, you know? Yeah. And what was it? uh, The last episode when he, I think he told book basically like, you know, I'm I'm not expecting to live long. So I'm going to kind of, enjoy life and get what I can out of life while I can because I'm you know I'm not destined to live very long so you know it's just kind of right in line with that well right and this I think has caused all of them to kind of reevaluate life and and death if you will because as they're laying trip wires Wash and Zoe are having that conversation about them having a child right which and- is you know like to to bring it up now on the eve of a impending violent fight seems like an awkward time to be thinking about bringing a a new child into the world you know well it does and this isn't the first violent fight that they've been involved in so you wonder what is it about you know this is it the fact that they know pedaline's in the next room uh, about to have a child that this man's trying to take from her you know i mean look is wash the the stereotypical man that you know, it doesn't want to, you know, tell his wife, yes, I'm ready to have a child because he knows that that will be the end to all of this childish hijinks or, or whatever, because, you know, and she tells him she sees it as an excuse when he tries the whole, well, I don't think we should bring a child into this world line. 
But, I mean, he's got kind of a point. You know, like the way they live, what they do is dangerous for them. Yeah. Like to bring a baby into that, it's kind of crazy. But, you know, it's, you know, Zoe's thinking with the heart. And that's kind of like a lot of times when you make that, that call with, with children, you know, it's like you're thinking sometimes more with the heart than with the head. Well, right. But then once you have the child, uh, it's all that, good. Right. Well, right. And, and then you, you have to, you're forced to make some decisions. And I guess if Zoe got pregnant and was going to have a child, they would probably tell Malcolm Reynolds that, you know, we, we have loved being part of this crew, but it's time for us to you know, settle down and do something else. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be or, interesting. Yeah, it would be awesome just like Zoe, just all pregnant, just like still like shooting people and shit. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Mal and Nandy are working in one room, and they overhear Jane teaching the girls to shoot by telling them if they miss, they'll have to give him a special treat, <laughs> prompting Mal to tell her that he's going to take all their payment in trade. And, you know, all of these things, they're, they're kind of misconstrued. She tells Mal that she expected more of them to take payment from the girls in return for their help. You know, in other words, yes, Jane hooked up with one of her girls, but that was it. Right. And, and you know, it kind of Mal goes through. It's like, well, you know, um, you know, the we got the you know, book is a, a shepherd and Wash is married and I'm I, in love with Anara. And- I can't remember what he said about <laughs> Simon, but you know, he basically eliminates like there's reasons for everyone except for Jane and and him, right? But he doesn't, yep. obviously doesn't want to admit that, that his reason, right? And obviously the the turn of events later is a little surprising on on a lot of levels, but so it, it is, but it isn't. You know, yeah. well, I guess we could talk about it when we get. To- All right, so Nandy's showing Mal her guns, but what she really nice. wants to know from him is when he plans to avail himself of one of the girls, and he tells her he's got his mind on the plan, which obviously is true to a certain extent, but she reminds him that, you know, I trained as a companion, and I'm pretty good at reading people. She brings up Anara, but he doesn't bite. But on the other hand, he's kind of showing with every, you know, movement that he makes that, that she's nailed the, you know, right in the head. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, this is where we do get a little bit more of that backstory like uh, that you alluded to at the top of the show that tells him that Inara had her sights set on becoming priestess at her companion house, which I I guess is the head of the house. Yeah, it sounds like it's important. Yes. But like Mao, she hates complications. And it's clear at this point she's just toying with the poor guy, though. It does seem as if she might come on to Mao, which obviously is in fact what happens. Yes. But, but then we cut to Petaline struggling, and R and Simon both admit that this is their first delivery. Mine too, River tells them. <laughs> I wonder what's in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, River's like fascinated with this, right? Like she's just like, she's not even helping out. She's just kind of like, you know, just watching stuff. And I'm almost surprised that she's not spouting off, uh, you know, scientific medical jargon related to, a woman giving birth, but because you know she must have, she must have it somewhere. Sure, in there. right, yeah, absolutely. All right, so then we, we we're back to Mal and Nandy. They're doing shots. She tells him the story behind her brothel. Uh, you know why she left the companion world because she felt it was too constricting. Came out here and had to fight the men for her piece of this business. And 
talks about the men that had it before her were really mistreating the girls. She cleaned them up, got them off drugs in many cases, and helped them regain some self-respect. And and it be clear it becomes clear that she wants him to bed her. Sure. You know. Yeah. And, and he should. Well, he should, and he does. <laughs> and and he although, does. although he seems reluctant, and, and we're back to wondering whether or not it has anything to do with Anara. Well, it does. But, and she even says, I ain't her, right? Right, right. So, I mean, she totally gets it. But on the other hand, uh, here are two people sharing the moment, and it's really kind of, it's, you know? And uh, we haven't had any other sex scenes in Firefly, have we? No. I was just thinking that later. I was like, I think this is the only one. Yeah, I mean, and we've had a couple. plenty happening. But well, we we've just, had a couple with Anar where they're just kind of at the end. So right, speak, right, you know. right. But no one, like, you know, showing the whole, you know, brown chicken, brown cow, the whole thing, you know? Right, right. But, uh, you know, at first he seems reluctant. She kisses him and then he backs off. I'm waiting to see if I pass out. <laughs> Long story. Long story, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great. So then we see one of the girls tells Burgess that the whores got herself a champion and then we realize, okay... There's a mole in the group. And, yeah. you know, as, as if we needed any more reason to hate Burgess, then he humiliates this girl in front of his posse. Sure. At, right. After and then she, Leo, uh, you know, like what? You just hate an informer, you know? I know? Well, but you hate him more. Right? Yeah. But she's pretty hateful, too, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, Mal and Nandy wake up in bed the next morning, and and she looks pretty happy. Uh, Of course, we know what's going to happen next as he leaves her room, buttoning his shirt, immediately runs into Inara, tries to fumble his way out of the uncomfortable situation. She stops him. Mal, I'm glad. She's a dear friend and probably needed some comfort about now. Of course, we know every word in that sentence was untrue well we don't know it until later when they show her back in the room crying which is just like this completely heartbreaking scene right 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 yeah no and yeah and, and here she like obviously she has this really strong feeling and yet like you know just the way she's playing and the, the uh it's just the whole thing you know like well it's maddening i mean why is she sobbing is she mad at herself for creating this wedge between uh she and mal i mean for never being honest with him about how she feels is, you know, it'd be any number of reasons. Well, and it it is like the others is that she realizes that she might die today and he might die today or, you know, I think uh, she's, she's just upset that, that Mal slept with another woman. Okay. So does she feel betrayed by Nandy as well? I don't think she feels betrayed. I think probably you hit it before is like, she's just kind of frustrated by, she must be, if, if she feels that passionately about him, She's got to be frustrated by how everything is gone and, and how he acts and how she acts and, you know, how, you know, just the whole thing. Yeah. All right. So we leave that scene and, and we see Kaylee and Wash walking towards Serenity to prepare to buzz the field of battle and hopefully intimidate Burgess and his men because Serenity is definitely a cooler toy than the hovercraft, uh, however cool that is. You know, Pedaline's getting close. Inara and Simon are tending to her river is just standing back in the corner when Nandy comes in the room and then the tension between she and Anar is obvious. Mm-hmm. And she just tells Nandy that she'll be fine. You know, obviously he doesn't even need to say anything more than that. And then she tells her, you didn't give me the whole truth, Mal, about her feelings for you. 
And then he starts to say that, you know, he doesn't know what she's talking about when Jane lets him know that Burgess is coming. And, and it looks like we got some imminent violence. Exactly. And and there's, you know, I, I wrote in my notes, well, does he really not know how Inara feels? Well, of course he knows. How could he not? He can't be that oblivious. Right. But it's it's like one of those things where you know, but you don't know. Like if he knew, knew, like this thing would have happened by now, right? But I guess, you know, it's just every time like, I know like for a shipper like you, Dave, this has got to be the most frustrating show in the world. Right. Well, well, yes. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, what, fi- what I find ironic <laughs> is that, is yes. Yeah. Right. What I find ironic is that, you know, this man, Malcolm Reynolds, who, who, you know, throws himself into the most precarious positions often, you know, uh, for somebody that he doesn't even know and yet he's afraid to tell this woman what he feels right it's strangely ironic yeah so all right washing kaylee board serenity and they're immediately fired upon and we assume these are burgess's men the battle begins we notice that the traitor's back in the house and a number of nandy's people get shot right away uh, they might as well have been wearing red shirts and red dresses but uh, they're not as the scene momentarily cuts to pedaling, the contrast between death and the new life is obvious. Now, Wash and Kaylee trapped the intruders, and we're thinking like, okay, cool. Good this work, good, right? Good, good this work. a clever move. Oh, but yeah, unfortunately. Not so much. Yeah, not so much. Can't get to the bridge. Nope. Uh, now, Burgess gets in the house. He has his just-born son. And then, you know, Nandy faces him down in the hallway. He's got his laser pointed at her. And Inara almost disables him, but he ends up shooting Nandy in the gut, and obviously gut shots. Uh, well, we've seen a few well, people survive with, like, them. His super powerful gun, like it just kills her right away, right? Right. Yeah. He's got this this mega gun, right? And you know, we see Mal and Inara kneeling over Nandy's dead body, and they look at each other, which with what seems to be anger. And I guess that anger could be any of a number of. Uh, yeah, it's this whole communication, no dialogue at all, just through them looking at each other. And it's just like, it says like volumes, man, you know, like it, they, they played it so well. They could have done any kind of cliche conversations, you know, that they had here, but said they don't say anything. They're just looking at each other and everything they need to say just is wrapped up in those looks. It was awesome. Right. And, you know, does the anger also extend to Burgess? Well, of course. And that seems to motivate him to just end this whole situation. He goes after him on horseback, catches up, jumps in. Yeah, throws- which makes you think, like, how it's the little land speeder of his isn't that cool after all. If a uh, guy no, on not- horseback catches up to him, right? Yep. But it's everything Mal can do to keep from shooting him when he says, well, she was just a whore. And steady whacks him with the pistol and knocks him out. Yeah. So, all right. So that we, which gotten- is like way better than like yeah we were just really hoping to see Mal like tear this guy apart, but yeah, still hit him with a pistol is nice. Yeah, yeah. So because that hurts. I, right, I so, assume I've never been hit by a pistol. I, I haven't either. Uh, Mal and Anar have Burgess restrained. Bring him back to the house where the crew has the remainder of his men tied up as well. And he's calling for his son. Pedaline comes out carrying him, introduces him to his father, and then puts a bullet in his head. Yep. Didn't expect that. Liked it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, one thing we're thinking is now that Nandy's gone, who's going to take over for her? Um, and, you know, obviously Petaline looks like she's ready to, to take on that leadership role. Um, and then there's this, you know, say hello to your daddy, and then boom, say goodbye to your daddy. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess the contrast, we'd never see that happen with the crew of Serenity. I mean, certainly there'd be plenty of times when somebody like Jane would want to do that, but Mal would stop him. Right. So now we're not sure if Mal and Nora knew she was going to do that. We're assuming she, neither of them did know. And then she just tells Burgess's men to go on home, tells the traitor to go with them, which uh, was good. And then we've got the brief funeral scene as Amazing Grace is sung by one of the girls while Serenity takes off. Yeah, and they, you know, that's really a testament to that song, man, because for it to still be viable in the whatever century this takes place in, you know, yeah. that song's got legs. Yep. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like the 26th century, something like that. But uh, all right, so we get to the closing scene, Mal and Inara together, and she says, I'm glad you were with her last night. I am. And then he tells her, yeah, well, I ain't says he wishes he had never met her because he feels he failed her but i don't think that's true i mean it is but that's not why he's sorry yeah well he feels not responsible but that he felt like he could have stopped this somehow and right you know, and it's she, just like whenever anything happens it's terrible like this you just replay it and think of how what could i have done differently and everything Right, right. And, you know, he, she tells him that, you know, no, you're not responsible. He doesn't want to hear any of that. And she says, well, I'm still glad. But then he asks, but you weren't before? Meaning, I guess, since Nandy's dead, it's easy for Inara to say this, you right. know, that, that uh, the two of them were together. And then he tells her he doesn't want anything from her, leading her to say that her eyes have been opened by the family Nandy created and then when you have that, you never want to leave. And and and, and I'm thinking like, okay, I, I like where this is headed. Yep, here we go. Finally. And we think and we think she's going to make the connection with what Mal's created on Serenity. And then she tells him she's leaving, and I'm like, WTF? Yeah, yeah. Well, she says, well, he said, I think he says, life's just too damn short for ifs and maybes. You know, here like they're finally, you're like, okay, all this kind of back and forth and you know they we know they both are into each other but they both came in here now he's he's just gonna lay it out and throw himself out there and to to hell with the consequences and then you know she says you know when you live with that kind of strength you get ties to it you can't break away even if you want to so like this is all leading up to like you feel all right here it comes and then bam like the cold water on that she just says i'm leaving and that was I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I was just like, what? I probably even yelled it out loud. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? Like what? Yeah. And, and you know, like I said many times for me, this is only the second time I've seen it. And it's probably been three, four years, you know, in, in between. So a lot of this, I didn't remember. And that was one of them that I didn't remember. And I'm already, it's like, no, no, no. I got to watch objects in space now because I can't wait. And then I'm like, no, I, I, I like watching them one at a time, you know, and I want to, talk about it with Wayne and then I'll watch the next one. So, but if it wasn't bedtime now, I'd, I'd watch it now. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean this, wow. Just like that, that that's like the emotional equivalent of, of taking one in the sack, you know? Yeah. Well, and the, and just the, the fact that it centered around 
this this house of prostitution and you know we've talked all along about the uh, you know the, the juxtaposition of you know in, in many ways it's like a morality play the, the the entire show and you know to see these women as we've said here that that are ordinarily looked down upon and and yeah, and you're right. I mean, I, I think you saw more in Book's reaction than I did. I guess uh, I gave him maybe a little bit more credit than he deserved here, although I think he's starting to come around a little bit. But, uh, you know, that that these women who do a job that most people see as, as bad and morally reprehensible are really just as good as everybody else. Sure. The, the, the hooker with a heart of gold, right? Yep, yep. And uh, Nandy was certainly her. Absolutely, yeah. And she was, yeah. She was just, she was just a, a great character, and um, you know that that scene with her and Mal is um, just such a. I just think just emotionally such a great scene of you know two people just making a connection in amidst just chaos and craziness. Um, well, you yeah. just wonder whether Petaline really has what it takes to fill Nandy's shoes. I mean, she's, she's got to be just filled with anger for one thing for, for over what happened to her. And it's almost, it got me to thinking, and, and I'm sure this isn't what happens, but don't tell me either way. It's almost as if Inara's leaving to go there and take Nandy's place, take her friend's place. And I know that's not what happens, but right. it almost should happen. Yeah. Yeah, almost. But I think Pedaline is. I mean, she she demonstrates she's got what it takes, right? You just think, if nothing else, like she's got to be like the biggest badass on the planet now. Well, right? good point. Good point. She got their attention with that one gunshot. Yeah. Like no one's gonna mess with her, right? No. no. Now here's my question: uh, How's Inar gonna leave if it's Mal's shuttle? Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think of that one. Right. So, all right. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say about this one? Uh, no. I think we uh, we pretty much got it. Wow. One more, man. I know. Well, one more and then the movie. One more and then the movie for sure. So, all right. Well, listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, which is rapidly approaching in the rear view mirror or is it the yep. front view i don't front, know whatever yeah, it's it's we're just getting close whatever the metaphor would be <laughs> or anything else you think we should be watching we'd like to encourage you to join the facebook group and if you're already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we'll be back next week with firefly episode 14 titled objects in space but until then you know, Dave, I always remember when you told me you were moving out to Carroll County. I just never forget those words you say. You said, Wayne, I trucked out to the border. I learned to say ain't. Always to be